What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Shardog.com. And today I am absolutely delighted to be joined by the reigning, hopefully not defending, Cage Warriors welterweight champion Reese McGee after his magnificent performance against Judah Jimmy Wallhead last week. Reese, how are things? You must be feeling absolutely brilliant now at this stage. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy, Jim. And it's nice. It's nice when everything goes well and we're talking on the flip side and you know, talking about everything that went well. So I'm in a good position at the minute. It's, yeah, it's brilliant. Cause usually we're talking, we come up to a fight and there's like, even, you know, not necessarily anxiety about winning the fight or anything like that, but there's always an anxiety coming into the fight, getting prepared, getting the weight down and all of that. How does it feel after a fight? Like the, the feeling of kind of relief and just being able to kind of sit around for the next week or two, just thinking, oh, that was all done and it was great. It must be absolutely fantastic, is it? You, you said the best. There's a lot of relief. Um, it's always relief uh, for me anyway. And you know what? Like win or lose, um, it's always a wee bit deflating because it's like, you know, you talk about the 29th of April, 29th, 29th, 29th. It's the only date that matters. And then now there is no 29th of April. That was last last week. So it's like, you know, regardless if it goes the way it did or it goes very bad, there's always like a bit of a come down off it, if I'm being totally honest. It's funny, I, I remember Rashad Evans saying once after he won the title, he was like, he thought his whole life would change after he won the UFC title. And he just woke up the next morning and he's the same guy. Although I suppose it's a little bit different for you because like, this is kind of, I suppose, a mid-step to get to the next step, to get to the to the UFC, which we, we will talk about uh, in, in a second. But what have you been doing for the last few days since? Like, what what have you been eating? Have you been drinking mad since? Or has, has it been a quiet one? Do describe your last few days for me. We stayed in so we stayed in Dublin to the Monday, so went for Guinness on Sunday and stuff like that. And a lot of food as you'd expect, went to Bunsen burgers and whatnot. Um and then uh, when you come back up the road, to be honest, a lot of it's like catching up with people that you probably haven't seen in the last kind of twelve weeks. So like, you know, meeting a friend for lunch or breakfast or whatever, both in the same day sometimes. Um like it's just a lot of catch ups with people and a lot of like kind of having nowhere to be at a certain time. Like that, that's kind of what it is. And and especially for us, like we, like I'm a big social person, I like to catch up with people. So, um, you know, whenever I don't have training to be at for a few weeks or, you know, a diet to follow, then I, I kind of just cash in the, the catch up card. What was on the menu? Are you on, are you going full Paddy Pimlet here? Eating everything you can or what way do you do it? <laughs> You know, burgers my weakness. I'm a burger fan. Um, but like to be honest, just your standard like coffee shops is is my jam. Like coffee and Trebex and, and stuff like that. Um, prone to Chinese as well. I love Chinese food. So, uh, just listen to be honest. Anything I can eat is normally what I eat. It's a good way to do it because it's funny. We were uh, we were talking about uh, at the weekend. I was talking to someone who was there after, it and they were like. Just you'd nearly forget Reese was at 155 and never mind 145 years before that you've like really grown into a 170 and I remember we were talking about it on the podcast before kind of said oh maybe Reese could go back down to 155 at some stage and you were like nah boys that's not, that's not happening yeah, like well, even like yeah. I used to ask myself these questions as well I used hmm. to think you know maybe, maybe I could make another run at 55 and like no it's just definitely not happened like now I'm I think I'm probably touching 200 pound now so um yeah, well, lightweight will never happen again. Never. Is it, like, you always had the height for it, and I suppose the size. Was it kind of grown into that shape, like having, you know, you were very young, obviously, when you were fighting at 145 and obviously coming up to 155 then. Was it kind of just a natural growth for you and naturally getting stronger than you kind of, like, it's hard to say you don't feel comfortable and I know you look exceptional at that weight class now. Did that take a while? 
like, I mean, people forget when I was fine. So when I fought like Terry Brazier and stuff, I was 23, 24, which is a young man. Like if I didn't do anything, if I didn't train or lift weights or do anything, I would have still ended up heavier than, than I was then. Then you combine that with years of training, years of lifting weights, years of eating, like you're going to progress into like a more athletic version. So I always knew I would naturally get heavier, but, um, I kind of pushed it along as well because I knew Walterweight was where I wanted it to be. Some of my height, it was a, it was the best one for me. I've always did my favorite thing about you watching you fight is how calm you are, and like you, you're every time I met you, you seem like a very calm person outside of the cage as well, and you translate it over. I I think there's very very few people I've ever seen in the history of MMA who can actually do that, who can fight as calmly as you do. Is right. Is that a thing you know about yourself, kind of? Or is it just natural to you? Is it like you watch back your fights and go, geez, I can't believe I was that calm and in the fight? Because to me, it just stands out. Well, for you, what, what, talk to us about that. Like, I know, I know I'm calm. You know, it's like, you know, like, I don't I don't get riled up too much. I don't get, you know, I, I don't argue with people because I can't. Like, I don't have that skill. Like, you know, the same way you're saying it's a skill to be calm, I'd say it's like I almost don't have the skill to be angry or animated, if that makes sense. So, like I know I'm very I'm very aware of my cal- calmness and I know it's like I know it's a strength when it comes to fighting because I spend I spent my whole life around fighting and I I see when people are aren't calm and they're upset and over over angst and stuff so um I don't know I don't know how it happened I don't know why it happened I don't know why it stays but even when I when I feel myself being pumped up to everybody else it's very calm <laughs> if that makes sense um, I remember we were walking out on Saturday night and I said to the boys. I turned around and said, dead of the face, I was like, lads, remember here, we're under pressure. This is meant to be the one where we're under pressure. So, like, try and show that you're under pressure, but messing about, obviously. But, like, you know, and they were all laughing the next day, like, at how calm I was. But I just don't, like, I don't know. I just I just can't process it with stress. Like, it's just, I just, I, I suppose I just enjoy it so much. Like, I know exactly what I've signed up for. So, that is, I suppose that's why I'm calm. It's, it's mad, like, because... To go in there and there's someone like, I was in the middle of the fight, right? And I was standing alongside Joe McCulligan and, and Graham watching it. And myself and Graham were like, when, you know, Jimmy was trying to be shot, we're like, oh, Jesus, Reese, mind that. And Joe McCulligan was just kind of standing there and he's like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of the way Reese does it. You, are you said about your, your uh, team there and stuff. Is that something they've tried to change about you? May, may make you maybe a little bit more cognizant of it? Although I don't think they should because I think it's, it's honestly a gift. But is that something that's always kind of been talked about? Like I think people like confuse the the calmness with not being switched on. Like you know, like when I'm like so, there's videos of me hitting pads and stuff backstage, and I'm extremely calm. But I'm hitting the pads extremely hard or extremely sharp or whatever it is. Like it's no, it's not a replacement for being switched on. Um, and even in the fight there, it's like you know, Jimmy hits me and I like circle off and like maybe like have a wee flick of the hair, brush the hair back, and just get on with it. Like it's just it's just my demeanor I suppose so like it's, it's not to be confused with like not switched on but I mean I have talked to people at the time they're like right, you need to come out heavier and you know more aggressive but it's like I feel like they maybe just didn't really understand it fully at the time so um, I feel with experience, experience is great because people start to trust your opinion and what you say so you know I've now 18 pro fights over me so People are starting to listen to my the method to my madness. <laughs> Do you think it helps with your power as well? Because we hear fighters talking an awful lot about when you try to land a knockout shot, it's way harder to do it. Whereas you're in there, and, and not that you're not trying, but like you have, 
you know, your your the muscles aren't taking over your body when you're doing it. You're actually going out there and performing. Do you think it helps? Because like, I look at a lot of your shots, and even the one against Burlington, then the the kind of the finishing shot there, and it's thrown with like the ultimate kind of technique, and it just catches him and knocks him down. And I feel like a lot of your shots are like that. And we see some of the greats throughout MMA have always kind of been like that. Do you feel like it helps with your power as well? Because you like everyone who's seen you fight knows how much power you have. Yeah, for sure. It's like I think one of my biggest like attributes is like you know the people will watch my fights and be like oh he doesn't he doesn't hit that hard and then you talk to anybody I've trained with and they're always like fuck I didn't expect him to hit so hard and it's always and I think it's because you know I'm not the guy like right the big shots coming I'm going to swing like it's just it's accurate hitting and it's hitting at the right time and the right point so yeah I mean that, that's it definitely helps for sure and even like Jimmy on, on Saturday night he, he took serious heavy shots and they might not have looked heavy but like even myself, I was saying, I, I knew they were they were so so heavy shots. How do you think your game has developed over the last few years? Like, I think you've always had that skill you just said there, and the striking has improved. But obviously, like the, the wrestling, the Terry Brazier fight you mentioned there a while ago, obviously that was was an issue. But then it's improved and improved and improved since then. Where do you see your all around game now? Like, I think I said it to someone in an interview after on Saturday night. I can now beat people without knocking them out. And although I always could, like when I seen red or it wasn't going well, I had no plan B. I always only had one plan, one plan. And when I came out of the UFC, that was the thing I learned the most. It was like, it's not a, like Alex Morano beat me, not because he was a better fighter, but because he had a better plan. And like that took me a long time to understand. I didn't, I didn't really understand that saying until I got it, until I felt it. Like now I can, like I beat Jimmy, like doing it the safest way possible. Rather than going in, like I, the one thing I couldn't do with Jimmy was have a gunfight, go in and swing, swing, swing. But like I think the race before the UFC would have been like, no, that's how I beat him, and I'm going to prove him. That's how I beat him. So, um, like how how have I developed? Like I've realized that I'm so I have so many skills that I can beat people more than one way. It's five fights now since before you were in the UFC. So you've had the two UFC fights and the three fights here, and I feel like. So at, at that stage, five fights ago, there was talks of you fighting for the welterweight title. I think Ian Gary had just got signed and they were going to do the the um, uh, the vacant title. And I think at that stage, everyone's like, yes, this is what Reese needs. One more fight, maybe a fight after that and then go to the UFC. And obviously you got the call up early. Mm-hmm. Looking back at it now, and I know you've no problem, you know, you, you saw the opportunity and you took it. But for the development of your game, how how much more prepared do you feel now than you did five fights ago? Uh, I wasn't prepared five fights ago. Uh, like when I look back at it now, like I, I, I really wasn't ready. Like, um, you know, skill wise, I had, I had all the raw skill. I had all the stuff that I needed, but like even maturity wise, experience wise, like, you know, I didn't know how to use the skill. I was almost like, almost like he doesn't, I, I didn't know my own capabilities at that time where now I understand that I know how to use them. So uh, yeah, like I can look back now and be like, oh, I was ready then. But like, no, I, I wasn't ready to make noise. I wasn't ready to, to like fight people in the top 20, top 15. Where now, like I could go in there and like beat some of the top, top guys and for a fact because I've channeled it. But like, you know, it's, I don't regret anything and I've got all the lessons I needed out of it. But like the next time will be different. I feel like going into the Burlington fight, there was a little bit of like frustration in you that you just wanted to get this fight done, win it, and get back to the UFC. And I don't know the fact that it kind of didn't happen straight away, and you, you you've had to have the the Jimmy Wallet fight. It's funny. 
you should almost be more frustrated coming into this fight. But it felt to me, and maybe you can speak on this obviously better than me, but that you were less frustrated because you just, I think you've kind of come to terms with what happened in the UFC more, a little bit more time. And now you're able to give it, you know, 100% got into this fight and then go back to the UFC. That maturity and kind of the, the coming to terms with the UFC, did that take a while for you as well? Uh, I mean, I suppose it did at the time. Like, I remember when I fought Manta Kiwi, I had a bit of embarrassment coming out of the UFC and going back in the cage warriors, not against cage warriors, but just like, you know, I talked um, 13 years about going to the UFC, I get there and, you know, when how it went and then I'm returning. So, but the Burlington one, um, like, I don't know if it was the, I don't know if it's the right word, but like, even after and stuff like, I talked about the UFC and all, but I was I was happy. I kind of knew I kind of knew in my head that I needed one more because I didn't have the clean send off. I needed I needed a really clean finish where I come out with no black eyes, no cuts, no knockdowns, none of that. And so I kind of knew I needed that because if you watch that fight against Justin, you could say, "Oh well, the guys in the UFC will take him down and finish with Justin started." So then the Jimmy one was that test. You know, I always said to, to people. When I fought Murano, I got beat by experience. So I need an experienced guy to test me again. And it just happened to be Jimmy Wallhead. Like I, I looked at that as like a, as a big exam in school. I'll ask you a lot more about the Jimmy fight in a second. But one thing on the Burlington fight. So there's a part of that fight where the referee like warns you and tells you move, move, move. And you're obviously thinking about stopping the fight. But I... Like, I think you were not fine in that position, but you were surviving in that position and you were about to, to move and about to get to a better position. But it forced you to move and then you took a load of shots and took a load of damage. Is that a moment in that fight that you look back on and like, what was going on there? Like, I took a load of unnecessary damage for no reason. Like, Yes, that's such a good, that's such a good watch um, that you noticed it. But like, so I was in like half guard and I was eating shots and I was like, don't get me wrong, I was getting hit. Of course, I understand. And like, move ahead at the time I was like you have to move you have to move and I shout I remember like trying to catch the hand of me getting hit and I'm like I'm fine here it's, it, don't worry it's fine but I knew Dan can stop Dan stops some fights so I had to bail and just had to go hands in the hips and, and I, he took mount and he ended up cutting me Um, so yeah like that that's, it's a great observation like but I believe if I stayed there took less damage um, or took the same damage but been in less danger then I would have been stopped and we, we wouldn't have been having this conversation either so um, it's one of them things you just have to go with the flow and play the game like if that was what the ref wanted then I had to show him something different even if it meant getting 19 stitches on my forehead <laughs> yeah Jesus and I suppose that comes back to being cognizant of what's going on in there as well because a lot of lads maybe would have just panicked in that position and said I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine and the fight would have been stopped you know so it's yeah, you know, like, it's, uh, yeah I know it's the right decision to make on on the Jimmy fight, before we talk about the actual fight itself, like I think the level of respect between the two of you was massive throughout the week and especially afterwards as well. And the speech you gave afterwards, and it's great to have the post-fight interviews back to the great speech that you gave afterwards about Jimmy and then obviously talk about yourself as well. You must have so much respect for him. Like to even compare him there to say someone like Amrono and say he is this veteran, he's the test I need to prove to myself coming in to fight Jimmy and you even said like standing across for him that there was a bit of fear there with how good he is it must have been a brilliant thing for you just to, to face someone like that yeah it was pretty cool like, I enjoyed it a lot to be honest <laughs> like I enjoyed the whole thing like you know I seen them sharing the posters of his, of his last dance and you know the highlight reels and to be honest I was very separate from him retiring like, like and in the nicest way possible I didn't care at all like I just said you know 
the way I, I took offense and him signing me to be his last fight because the way I see that is like, oh, well, I'm going to beat Reese and then retire. So like for me, I was like, I'm not going to be the guy that is going to make your retirement sweeter. So I was very distant, very separate from him retiring and my, um, my fight. So, but I have a lot of respect for him. Like I've watched Jimmy as a kid. Like I, I know exactly who he is. I know exactly what he does well. But it got to a certain point in the fight camp after he, he replied to a, a video I'd done once. And from that moment, I was very distant. I was like, right, I know he's turning up. I know he's here to fight. But for me, it's my story, not his. And uh, But yeah, all the respect in the world, of course. He he gave me what I needed. He gave me the test. He gave me the fear. He made me the best, best version of, a, of myself, all that cliche stuff. But like, you know yourself, with Jimmy Wallhead, it's true. Like, And I know I opened up his favorite, but like that was a risky fight and a dangerous fight. A hundred percent. And even till the last 30 seconds of the, the four round, obviously, if, if people haven't seen him stopped uh, between the rounds and in between the fourth and the fifth, he was throwing big shots. Like he was letting go at all, at all times, even though like I tweeted it after the four round before it was stopped. It's like he's showing all of those shots that you were landing right on his face. But that that part first, but also I want to ask you about your jab, because I love jabs. Uh, like, I think the jab is the most underrated thing in, in mixed martial arts. And for someone like you, who has the height against a lot of these lads, who has the reach and who has the... Uh, that, it's grand having the height and reach. You know, Stefan Struve had the height and reach, but he didn't have the technical ability to use it. But someone like you who has it, it must be a, such a godsend to be able to throw that shot out there and lads just not able to connect back with you because you can keep such control of the fight. Yeah, I have a nightmare of a jab for people to deal with. And I think the problem with my jab is my jab's very hard. Like, I put people down. I put people to sleep with the jab. When I beat Hagen Fawcett with the jab, like, it's a very powerful shot. I don't use it as a setup. Well, I use it as a setup and I use it as a big shot. So it's a nightmare to deal with. It's, you know, and if, if, if a young, and I know you're a fan of the jab, if, if, a, if a young fighter can control their jab and really learn how to, how to use it, which I'm saying it took me years to learn how to do it. But now I'm at the point where it's like, no, I understand that this is a massive tool and it's going to create havoc for some of the best in the world. Watching that fight from the very start, it felt like Jimmy was very open through the middle. And, you know, I was looking at that left hook, it's kind of the short left hook you landed. It was against Berlinson, wasn't it? I was like, geez, he's very open for that and the jab as well. Obviously, you know, you go into every fight planning to jab, but... When you see Jimmy and he's kind of so open in that area, was it a thing like, I'm just going to jab here all night? Was it the plan to jab all night or is it just the opening was yeah. there? The plan was not to get into anything more than freeze and force. Like, you know, don't be throwing eight punch combos. It was a very similar plan. It was put the jab on his face, kick the knees and kick under the knee. Uh, and that was it. Very simple. Defend the takedown. Nothing for free. Everything charged in full. So if he tried something, he got hurt for it. And, and that's literally what we've done. Jab, low kick, on the knee, and then anything he done, make sure he charged for it. And the celebration then afterwards, it was it was unbelievable. You jumped down into the crowd in front of us on press row. Uh, poor old Graham McDonald lost a laptop charger because of it. All went flying into the crowd, laptops went everywhere and all. Oh, thankfully, I'd mind put away. I was smart enough to, to know what was going, but that must have been brilliant. Like, it's one of those moments you look back on throughout your career and to see, you know, I took a picture. of like, spot Reese McGee. You were in the middle of about 50 people. Were you planning that or was it just like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'm going to yeah. jump into the crowd here? It happened in Belfast, and I said to anybody going, I was like, make sure you're ready for me to jump into you. So 
Uh, and then I think the minute I go over the fence, you just see people with their hands like I'm a baby and they want to catch. It's so it's funny. Like, like people. Dirty dancing yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I feel like baby. But like people like people deserve their part in that too. Do you know what I mean? It's like that's nice. Like if you know your friend's fighting and you know, you know he's coming for you, like it's nice for everyone to be involved. And we've all seen Connor have the moments and Patty have the moments uh, with the crowd. So, you know, I understand there's a bit of noise created when when a crowd jump happens. So Done on Belfast, done it in uh, Dublin. So uh, yeah, I had to have him. I don't know if you saw the picture I put up of uh, of Paul Hughes and Joe McCulligan kind of hugging as you were kind of jumping back into the cage. And it's a weird one because right alongside us, a lot of the teammates are watching. And just before that, Adam Shelley was watching Ryan Shelley and obviously Ryan lost. And it's kind of Jesus, that emotion of the, the loss for him watching it as obviously his brother and for two of your, you know, your teammates to be watching it as well. It's the emotions of the people outside. And obviously you're cognizant of that as well. You talked about the people watching it, but it must be so tough to actually like kind of put that to one side and not be thinking of your family and your friends and your teammates outside all watching you in there in this fucking insane sporting endeavor. Like it must be tough. It's crazy. And like a lot of the people who were there from the gym, like, you know, a lot of people like at the gym I have in Balmina and, you know, my wife's sitting there and it's, you know, and, these are people that aren't like fanatically fight fans. They don't like blood. They don't see like seeing people get beat up. And, you know, one of the pictures of me and Jimmy in the fourth and just covered in blood and I'm covered in his. And it's like, you know, all the people are so out of character. They're shouting like, you know, let's go keep going more blood kind of stuff. It's just crazy. But like, I'm yeah. Like by the time you get in there and by the time you've had, it's probably had as many fights. Like, it's just so like, I'm just so disconnected to it. It's just so like, this is just like me going to watch my friend play football. Like when they step on, they step on. It's see you in 90 minutes. For me, it's like see you in 25. Yeah, it's weird. I think people, uh, fighters especially, people who watch MMA kind of get disconnected. I, I remember I was at a party once and a fight broke out right alongside me. And it, there was, it was like one of these, you know, these kind of uh, outside barbecue things and like everyone just ran away and I was just kind of sitting there watching. I was like, ah, yeah, sure, they're just fighting. What's going to happen? Like, you know, yeah, but yeah, we yeah. do, we, we do kind of disconnected from it, don't we? And it's, uh, it's a bad thing. Yeah. Um, I just want to ask you a couple more things. I appreciate uh, the time, Reese. On Cage Warriors, right? So you, you went out of the UFC, you came to Cage Warriors and you want to get back to the UFC. Uh, there's a lot of debate at the moment, right? About people going to Cage Warriors route or maybe going to Bellator or maybe going, to, you know, some other route to, to get to the UFC that isn't Cage Warriors. Where do you stand on that? As someone who has been there, you know, you've been in, in Bama and you've been in other places and then you came to Cage Warriors and now you've been there obviously twice. Well, what's your take on, on that whole thing? Obviously, Cage Warriors is not going to pay as much maybe as the other places, uh, but you do get that opportunity to get to the UFC. What's your take on it? Yeah, it's like, again, not pulling any punches with Cage Warriors. Like, love them, but like, I'm at Cage Warriors to go to the UFC. It's, uh, you know, my Zach right? I'm sure, I'm sure I could go have conversations with all these other promotions, but the reason I'm with Cage Warriors is for that UFC route. Of course, like, we're, we're seeing some fighters doing it nowadays of going different directions, and it's, you know, I'm genuinely happy for them, but for me, I just want, the streamlined version, you know, I want to go fight the best in Europe and then go to the UFC. It's, you know, I'm not, I think it's changed a wee bit in the years, you know, maybe from when I first went pro, like maybe my vision would be different then or now if it was then. Um, but I very much committed to the path of Cage Warriors to UFC and, you know, to change on it now and go, oh, well, I'm actually going to go PFL for free fights and then go to UFC. It would, it would be a bit strange and very commit. Like that was my sixth fight with Cage Warriors my second run so um 
yeah, there there is more roots for people than there ever was. But for me, it's still this is still why I'm here. What did you think of the the kind of reaction from some of the Bellator people? I saw Mike Hogan, their matchmaker, was actually used my picture that was taken before the event even happened, saying there was no one there. And I know Peter Queeley was replying, kind of lolling at you walking out to zombie and stuff. What did you think of all that malarkey that was going on? Like madness. Like what even? Like why? Why would you say LOL under a fighter using a song that is not yours? Like Peter Queeley is a great guy. Like I had no problem with him whatsoever. But to go on and write that after somebody just won a fight in their home city that does great things for the sport and your first reaction is to say LOL and then say that you support me. Listen, you don't support that's a salty bitch comment. Like, you know, I can't I don't care what anyone says. I, I don't have any respect for that comment. Like, you know, you don't lose any of your own flame from blowing someone else's out and you know, it shocked me a bit, like told me a bit about their character to be honest. Um and then your boy Bellator, you know, posting your photo, like again, like false photo, you know, everybody's, everybody's winning from these events. The more events that are in Ireland, the more young fighters that get the chance, the more clubs that are getting the chance to compete in these shows. Like the whole sport rises. Everybody's just got, everybody's just mixed up. Like, you know, Peter Quilly obviously didn't like somebody else getting attention. Your boy from Bellator obviously didn't like another promotion getting a fair crack at the whip and Dublin loving it. Like, ah, like I could, you know, I could really go to town on this on my comments here, but like, I'll try and keep it. Like, it's just annoying because everybody's sick of seeing people doing well, and it's like, why can we all just not do well? Like, go watch my fight and watch Paul Hughes walk his watch his face during my walk. Right? That's somebody that's happy for someone. Do you mean that's the people you want around? Do you see these people saying LOL under people using a song? Fucking idiots! Like, it does my head on. I. You said as well you didn't even kind of half want to walk out to Zombie, did you? You were like, I don't even like that song too much as well. How come you walked out to it? Uh, I So, like, I have such good memories in the free arena. I knew so many people loved that song. And, like, I do love it now. Like, I do enjoy it. Um, but it was just, like, I felt it was overused a bit as well. Like, do you know what I mean? It, I agree with Peter Cooley, so to speak. But, like, who, like, who cares? Like, it's mad. It's just... It's just mad. It's just salty. Like it's the worst. It's so embarrassing. Yeah, I like. I'm not a big fan of this whole beast thing. I like uh, if if it creates better fights for the fans and for us covering it all. Great, and create more opportunities for all the fighters. I think it's great. I, I don't know why it has to, you know, delve into this. But sure, look, it's it, it always seems to delve into that. But anyway, UFC. Next step, Graham Bylan said to us afterwards that he was uh, he was going to be making calls Monday, Tuesday morning. Have you heard anything? Is there any news or anything yet? Or I know Graham's busy this week with Rome, but um, so far I've heard nothing yet. Is my official answer, but like it has to be now. Like uh, you know, like I've done everything. I've completed Cage Warriors twice. Um, I've done every test they needed. Uh, well, you know, six fights, six finishes, thirteen wins in total, thirteen finishes. I like I, you know, and this isn't me talking bad in the division, but like. There is challenges there, of course. There's challenges, but not challenges that I've already completed. Do you know I mean it's like Manchester United or the best? I don't know who the best football team in the world is. Yeah, Man United. Yeah, you can go with that. <laughs> but they could they could play local level teams every week, and they they would probably win every week. They might get the odd challenge. Someone might score the odd goal, whatever. But like that doesn't mean that United or whoever the team is isn't elite. I need to be playing with the best players. I need to be in with the best fighters. And that's world level. It's not European. And I'm not, again, not saying the people in Cage Warriors won't give me 
frets and, and, and that, but like on the grand scheme of things, I won't be tested enough to evolve all the time. And that's what I want. I need to fight the best fighters in the world because that's who I am. Um, so that's where I need to be. What do you think is the route? Like, obviously, the, the route would be you get the call today and you have a fight in 10 weeks' time, wherever it might be. But the last time it was short notice, a lot of people now, and I know, I, heard, I think even Herbert Paul, that he got the, the Contender Series call, and, like, I, that's not for everyone, I, I don't think. For you, is it, like, UFC no matter what, or does it need to be under the right circumstances? Yeah, I mean, it, it needs to be under the right circumstances this time, you know. It's, like, again, part of the involvement would be total bullshit if I said, Oh, I've evolved, I've evolved, and then they ring, oh, will you fight such and such next week? And I'm like, oh, yes, I haven't learned much. Um, however, if I was in a better position and I was ready and I was training, then, then it's not short notice for me. The Hamzat one was short notice because I was not training until six days before the fight. So I'll be in a better position for a start. But it does, it needs to be, it needs to be in my, not my terms, but it needs to be a term that I'm happy with. You know, give me ample preparation and, and stuff like that. So I'm a lot more mature in my approach to what I'll accept. Um, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I feel like, you know, there's the, the next wave of Irish MMA is coming. I've been talking about it for the, the, the last few years, but I feel like we're really on the precipices of it now. And a lot of it is coming from the, the lads up on Ulster with yourself, Paul Hughes and Caelan Ochran as well fighting. By the time this comes out now, he'll have already fought. But there could be like the three of you could be in the UFC very very soon and you know a big car up in Belfast I'll have to get seven hours of a drive in to get up to get up for that one but it's it's a great time for what what what's in the water up there even like but the, the kind of that side of the country the kind of the, the northeast is it's been a real hotbed do you think it's because kind of there wasn't MMA in, in in the Republic for a long time and there was a lot of MMA up there and it really helped you and there was people preparing and all what, what do you think it is that's kind of it, there's been a real kick in the last while hasn't there I genuinely do feel it's people like me and Paul and Keelan. We've been about for 12, 13, 14 years just chipping. Like, And it's like anything that's like, you know, how do you become an overnight success? Well, you work for the last 15 years. And I think that's what it is. I just think it's kind of coincidental that now people are all brewing at the same time. Like, you know, and I think I, I genuinely believe people in the North are hard nosed. You know, they're hard workers. It's, they're kind of like stubborn, a stubborn breed that want to do well. And, you know, a lot of them are working class, you know, hard earning people. So I think that, I think that combined with the coincidental timing has made it look like we're all overnight successes. It would be my answer. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But it's it has to be the next step for you into the UFC. I think anyone who has watched your fights knows you deserve it. Anyone who's a fan of, of madness in, in fights has seen your 13 fights, 13 wins, 13 finishes. And knows you belong at that big show. And I hope uh, you deserve it. And I hope you get there next week. I really, really appreciate the time. And uh, hopefully next time I talk to you, it'll be on. I, I remember the la- your last USC debut. I talked to you in the morning of your USC yeah. debut, which is probably a very fucking bad time to ask someone to do an interview, if we're being honest. But yeah, hopefully... Yeah. We've done it. We've done it, Jimmy. So, yeah. Maybe we'll have to. The, I know you're calling it your debut again. So maybe for the next debut, we'll we'll uh, we'll do the same thing. Reese, appreciate yeah. the time. Thanks very much. Thank you, man. I appreciate it a lot.